Hello, everyone, and welcome to HP Critical, a podcast where my friends and I talk all things gaming. I'm Jarrell, and today I'm joined by the amazing Marissa, and we're here to talk all about Overwatch 2. I'm sorry, did you want to say hi? No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so recently, BlizzCon just happened, BlizzCon 2019, um, and aside from all the controversy surrounding Blizzard, one of the biggest announcements was Overwatch 2, even though it had been <laughs> leaked for quite some time, and Jeff Kaplan, uh, when he went on stage to talk about it, did definitely have some jokes about the fact that uh, Overwatch 2 had been leaked. Um but we finally know a lot more about Overwatch 2, what's going on, what it is supposed to be, the differences between Overwatch 2 and Overwatch 1, and more. So um, I know that it's been kind of divisive. A lot of fans have been like, what's the point of having an Overwatch 2? Why not just make Overwatch 2 a big update to Overwatch 1? Um, how much is it going to be? Why is it that we have to pay um, more money to play essentially the same game with new features? There's been a lot of stuff going on surrounding Overwatch and Overwatch um, even the fact that, you know, no one knows when it's going to come out because Jeff Kaplan also said he has absolutely no idea when it's going to happen. It's going to happen when it's ready. So there's not even a, um, there's not even a release date. We, we, we know basically nothing about when we're going to get this title, but we do have some more information on it. So because Marissa and I used to be really big Overwatch, uh, fans, I decided that I needed to talk to her all about Overwatch 2, and so we could share our opinions and everything that's happening. So first, I'm going to talk a little bit about exactly what Overwatch 2 is. So, in Overwatch 2, you're going to have story missions, hero missions, you're going to have the ability to level up your heroes, you're going to have the ability to customize your abilities on your heroes. There is a new PvP mode called Push, which will be played in Quick Play, Competitive, and also the Overwatch League. Um, there are new PvP maps coming, there's a new uh, specific map that they showed off at BlizzCon uh, for, in, set in, sorry, excuse me, set in Toronto, Canada. There's a new look for all the heroes with updated hero designs, and there are also going to be a ton of new heroes as well. The first one being Sojourn, which I definitely also want to talk about. Yes, yes. So essentially, Overwatch 2 is going to be the PvE version, player versus environment version of Overwatch, whereas Overwatch 1, or the original Overwatch, is PvP. It's essentially basically six versus six teams. That's the entirety of the game. A lot of people have been asking for story behind Overwatch, and basically Overwatch 2 is going to be the place to find the story for the game that we all love so much, or, you know, used to love, wherever you are with that. It's going to include hero missions that are supposedly going to be highly replayable cooperative experiences. There's going to be a progression system so that your characters get new abilities. They showed off a few during BlizzCon. Um, one of the ones that they showed off, for example, was trailers, which uh, at her level one, she has an adaptive reload ability that she can select, which allows her pulse, pulse, pulse pistols to reload whenever she uses an ability. Um, and the screen that they showed off showed her at level 10. So the higher that you get, the more uh, abilities you can choose, and then you get to choose how to use them according to your playstyle. They also showed off one for May, which allows May to um, freeze enemies right after she comes out of her ice block. And there's another one that allows her to actually roll her ice block into other enemies as well. Um, so there are a bunch of really cool ones. There's one where uh, Hanzo, once he uses his ability that shows him wherever enemies are, 
the next arrow that he shoots, and this could be wrong, uh, from what I remember, the next arrow that he shoots, it will hit every enemy that was shown. And the clip just showed him, like, destroying, like, ten enemies in a row. There's also one for Reinhardt, where his hammer down, instead of being the cone that it is in the original Overwatch, is actually a 360-degree damage, so it literally hits everyone around him. So there's some really cool things uh, going on talent-wise that are obviously not going to be a part of the game um, of the game's PvP mode. So if you're playing Overwatch and PvP, there will be no types of level-ups, there will be no types of abilities. Uh, Jeff Kaplan made sure to uh, ensure that everyone knew that it's supposed to be as fair as possible. So that, like, my tracer, his words were, you know, my tracer is not going to be better than your tracer if we go into a match together, as an example. So Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2 are cooperative gameplay uh, gameplay elements. So let's say that I'm playing on Overwatch 2 and Marissa is playing on Overwatch 1. We can both still play together. We can play any type of quick, bo- quick mode, competitive, and regular core game modes together, no matter which version we have. Overwatch 1 and 2 will also have the same types of maps, uh, same maps, same new maps and heroes as well. Um, essentially, what Jeff said is that no one gets left behind because it is a shared multiplayer environment so that, as I said, Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2 players can all play together. Um, all of your Overwatch cosmetics will also move forward into Overwatch 2, so anything that you took a long time trying to get, like I took forever, and this was the example he used on stage, but I really took forever to get Mercy's um uh, Halloween witch skin. Um, that is coming forward with me in Overwatch 2. Um, so everything that you've already gotten is going to come forward with you. All new maps are going to be for both games. All new heroes are also going to be for both games. The only difference is that Overwatch 2 is going to have that new push mode and it's going to have uh, story leveling, story missions, and hero missions. Um, and it's much more of a PvE experience than the original Overwatch. So it is not necessarily necessary to purchase Overwatch 2 if that's not something that you're interested in. Um... There is not a new engine for the game either. It's just an update of the original engine that the game is on. Um, so I know some people might have been thinking that, oh, it's going to be a better game engine-wise. It's not. <clears throat> it's just, uh, well, it'll be probably smoother and a little better because Overwatch is, what, like three years old now, I think? Or two years uh, old? It might be four. I really don't know. Yeah, well, Overwatch is old now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it is definitely an updated engine on the original. But... Knowing all of that, I want to talk about how we feel about Overwatch 2, because like I said, it's been a very divisive situation. I know there are a lot of people that are just like, what's the point of Overwatch 2? It should have just been a big patch into into the original Overwatch. Why are they making us purchase another game? Um, I know there are also concerns about um, the story, what, like how Overwatch, the original Overwatch is supposedly set in the past, and this one is in the present. What was the purpose of that? There are a lot of things surrounding Overwatch and Overwatch 2. So, uh, basically... What are your initial impressions of Overwatch 2 so far, Marissa? So I, (laughs) you actually said it perfectly uh, when you were starting at your introduction, is that as soon as I started watching everything for it, my first thought that I said out loud was, why couldn't this have just been a massive overhaul of Overwatch? And why does it have to be a second game? Um, I I have mixed feelings uh, is really where I'm going with this. I do love Overwatch. Um, you know, everything going on with Blizzard aside, I think that Overwatch has been not only a very fun game that does kind of keep you coming back over and over and over again, Um 
Its play style is really fun. Its abilities are super easy to start to pick up, learn, uh, hone, perfect as you keep going. And once you find the characters that you like most often, I think that Overwatch has really done an amazing job of not really falling back on paid DLC. Every time that we've gotten a new hero, you just get the new hero. The only really time that you can ever use any type of currency or buy anything is for loot boxes, which is cosmetic based and voiceovers, you know, things like that. Um, so I think that Overwatch 1 really has kind of like a winning formula in my eyes. So some of the features that they're starting to announce for Overwatch 2, you know, I think are cool. Like the story missions and the hero missions, awesome. I'm not really interested in leveling up your heroes. I'm not really interested in customizing your abilities. I, I think the concept of it is cool, but I've played a lot of games that as they got older and as they've expanded, um, one of the things that they do is that hey, there's a shop and you buy items and you attach those items to your characters and now moves do different things or they're stronger or they're weaker. Um, you know, I've played a lot of different games that have different perks that you can put on people. And so then every time a new set of perks come out, you have to memorize them. You have to learn what they do. So that way, if you're going up against them, you know what they're doing to you. If you're using them, you know what they're doing to the game overall. So I'm personally not looking forward to that because I think it just becomes, you know, I don't know how many heroes they're planning on having come to Overwatch uh, when Overwatch 2 comes out. You know, let's just say that we end up at 40 to start with. That's 40 base abilities you have to know, plus however many additional are getting added on, tweaked. You know, just like you were saying, if I'm going up against Reinhardt, I have to remember now that it's no longer a cone attack, that it's a 360 attack. And so if I'm close to him, I need to try and get out of the way. I need to try and find something that's going to block me from taking that damage or being stunned. Um, you know, if he can switch that to, you know, we saw in one of the trailers that he jumps from up above down onto people. Do I have to be prepared for for Reinhardt to have aerial moves now. Um, I know that that's kind of like super far into the future. We don't know that much yet. We just know that it's there, that the leveling of abilities and customizing them is there. But I think that it's going to start to get to that level where maybe you're not paying attention to what everyone can do or you're not able to really remember everything. If you're reading patch notes, cool. If you're more of the casual person who's not, then this might be where you get a little bit left behind because it's not just picking up the same person over and over again or, you know, whatever. Um, it's one of those things that I'm a little bit iffy about. I think the logistics of having two congruent games happening at the same time that I can play one, you can play two and us still meet up and play quick play together or competitive together is cool. Um, I have no idea how it's going to work, especially with these customizable abilities, or if you just go into those modes without them and you have to use the base abilities. Um, but I'm, I am looking forward to how they handle it. I think it's a really cool concept because I think in my brain, when you say Overwatch 2, I'm thinking an honest to God sequel where we're leaving everything behind. We're doing all new. And this time they're saying, no, we're going to bring it all together. It's all going to mesh uh, one way or another. Um, 
I'm really glad that there's going to be this sort of cross progression of cosmetics, things that you've been grinding to get over the last three years um, are just going to be available to you right away. So that's definitely a plus in my eyes. Um, But yeah, so I, I do kind of walk away with it being a little more on the side of I don't see why it has to be a separate game. Um, I think that it's cool if you are more into the story mission, but I also kind of see it as Overwatch has had this really good starting formula and now you're changing it entirely. And are those changes going to be good? Are those changes going to be bad? Are they just going to land on people differently? So it's, I think that once we get closer, I'll have a more definite opinion on whether I'm excited for Overwatch 2 or not. Right now, I'm like hesitantly looking forward to the future and finding out more. Okay, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that there, just to clarify a few things, um, the character progression and leveling up um, of the story missions is 100% only in the story mode. That is not a mode that you're going to be playing against other people. Mm, okay, okay. Um, so we won't have to worry about, like, um, your example of Reinhardt, you know, killing us from uh, a, a 360 degree hammer down now. Um, so I'm sorry, I didn't specify that. That is only for uh, story missions or hero missions. It's one or the other. It's only for that. But that doesn't detract from what you said, which is that um, as that player, you will have to uh, decide what you want to level up in and you will have to remember that, oh, this is how this works. But luckily, that will only be against um, computer characters um, and mm-hmm. AI. It's not going to be against other people. But the concern is still there. It may become something that, you know, it's no longer pick up and play depending on how intense the talents are and i mean you're right because once i start using a 360 degree hammer down and then i go into a competitive match and i forget that it's not 360 degrees and i waste it i'm gonna be a little mad at myself (laughs) so i do think that that is a a fair concern I personally am cautiously excited for overwatch 2 because i believe that it is i i don't know i i think that the reason that it is not a huge patch for the original game is just because it's so different. I mean, of course, this could all just be a money-grabbing thing. Uh, Very easily, they probably, you know, I don't know how the logistics work either. It could maybe have been an update. Um, But I know that I've talked to people who are not interested in the original Overwatch just because they don't care about uh, PvP. They'd rather not have a 6v6 game. Um, and then they watched the trailers uh, for Overwatch 2, and they were like, okay, this is actually something that I would be interested in. I'd much rather get, you know, three to six friends together and do story missions and hero missions than you know, queue up uh, against another team of six who's going to either kick my ass because I suck or be really rude or, you know, you can have all the everything that comes with playing an online game. <laughs> Um, so I know people that are personally interested in Overwatch now that it is becoming um, a PvE experience with all these types of ab- abilities. But I I agree with you. I think it's going to be really uh, interesting to see how the logistics work if we both have two different versions and we want to play together. Um, I'm happy that all the maps and all the characters are coming to both. 
And I think that's super important. Um, so they, they did talk about how it's, um, I forgot exactly what he said, uh, but he was talking about how it's essentially a weird way to do a sequel because it is not what you expected it to be, which is a brand, like an entire brand new title with new characters, etc. cetera. Uh, but I do think there was no way that they could do that just because of the popularity of Overwatch as a game, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the esports scene. Uh, Cause I was watching the, um, world finals yesterday super exciting like there's no way that you know you can pull away from overwatch when it's streamed on disney xd like that, <laughs> you can't just get rid of your entire game because that makes i'm sure so much revenue from them and for them in the esports um esports area so uh there's no way they can get rid of the original overwatch uh, but it'll be interesting to see how well Overwatch 2 does. It is coming to PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. I will not talk about Overwatch on the Nintendo Switch, because I've literally only heard bad things. Um, <laughs> and I, as soon as I heard that it was announced, I was just like, oh, but Nintendo's online service is really shitty. So yeah. I don't like. I don't see this working out for anyone. If it works for you, I'm sorry. I'm not going to talk shit about it, but I guess I already did, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, so speaking of things uh, coming over to Overwatch, uh, including heroes and characters, something that they did, which I want to talk to you about, because you had that amazing article on our website about Overwatch and its, uh, its diversity. And I know we've personally been talking about uh, the omission of a black woman in the Overwatch roster. So something that they did when they revealed Overwatch 2 was that Sojourn um, was coming, finally. Now, this is the African-American woman that we saw in the very beginning of Overwatch, like when it first started. She was one of the main um, Overwatch characters that was on the original team. So, for example, May is not uh, on the original Overwatch team. Um, and now she is, uh, but um, it, it was interesting because, you know, when I play Overwatch, I always think that these heroes have always been a part of Overwatch. Um, so rewatching this, it was like, oh, wow, May is actually not a part of the original Overwatch team. Like, she's brand new. So watching the new Overwatch 2 trailer, this was the first time that she was introduced to Tracer and Brigitte and Reinhardt. And I was like, wow, like, because of the way that Overwatch is set up, you think that all these characters already know each other, which is Another thing we'll talk about story-wise, because that was really weird for me. I was like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> they actually don't even know each other. Um, but uh, so Sojourn was one of the first characters um, that we saw in, a, in, a, in an image that was a part of Overwatch. And uh, we had heard nothing about her from the er- beginning of Overwatch, whether it was a three or four years old or wh- however old it is, up until now. And uh, some people were concerned that uh, they waited until Overwatch 2 was announced uh, to bring up Sojourn um, as a we're sorry, we fucked up type of moment um, because of the situation that's happening at Blizzard, um, especially because Jeff Kaplan has explicitly stated he has absolutely no idea when Overwatch 2 is coming. Like, he doesn't know. He said they're still mm-hmm. very early in development. It could be any any time. Like, he has absolutely no idea. Um And usually when they reveal a new hero for Overwatch, we have less than a month, I think, if I'm correct. We usually have less than a month before that hero comes out. Um, They usually reveal a hero in some, like, comic or some scene before, um, during the previous hero's revelation. And then when they actually reveal the hero, the hero uh, comes pretty soon. He explicitly stated they are not talking about Sojourn at all, um, and they didn't. They just showed, uh, like, five seconds of her in action, and that was it. 
Um, so a lot of people are saying that, oh, you know, Overwatch is giving us this Black woman now in Overwatch 2 as an appeasement to fans who have been waiting since the original Overwatch and uh, waiting since we got so many new characters and she's been missing. Um, but what Jeff Kaplan did say was that um, she is integral to the story of Overwatch 2 as a main part of uh, the Overwatch team. And that's why she's being revealed at the moment. But I want to know your opinion on this. What are you? What do you think uh, was the purpose of revealing her right now, knowing that she could possibly not be coming to either game for a very long time? Because we don't even know when Overwatch Two is coming. Yeah, I. So I kind of feel like, in a way, that this might be Overwatch falling victim to bad timing again. Uh, I felt like that a couple of times with different heroes that they've released, especially when you look at the hero order. Um, you started out at first just having this diverse group, you know, just out the gate. You know, as soon as you got Overwatch, you had this amazing diverse group of characters uh, that you just started the game with. And then they revealed Ana and then they revealed Ariza. And it just kind of kept building, you know, not long after that, you got Doomfist. And it, and it just... Yeah, and Sombra. And it just, it was never really characters that you would have expected, especially in the realm of shooters. You know, when you think about FPS games, it's a lot of white dudes. You know, <laughs> those are the characters. They're just, it's a lot of white guys. Um, so you kept seeing these characters that just didn't fall into that, that came from all over the world, that, you know, just broke the mold and really made me super excited about Overwatch. You know, Overwatch instantly became a day one purchase for me once I started seeing everything for it. And then I was excited to play it day after day after day. And every time they announced a hero, I was super amped up. And then it started falling off. And I no longer felt like the characters were really that different and they just kind of all fell into either similar molds or just not really not really grabbing my attention i guess um can I say something you know, really quick? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, just for everyone who's listening, um, so that you're aware, both Marissa and I love what Overwatch has done with diversity. Um, I, uh, We both believe that, and I'm putting words in her mouth right now, but we both believe that it is amazing that a first-person shooter has such a diverse cast of characters. Um, not and, and diversity in the sense of not only race, but, you know, age and body type. Well, and LGBT, you know, I mean, that's been... Awesome. Exactly. Um, the main no, character I, is a lesbian woman on the front I know, cover. The poster, <laughs> the poster child of Overwatch is a lesbian woman right there for everyone to see. Um, but, you know, yeah, I, I would continue to just sing praises about what they have done. They have done an amazing job. I was just more towards, you know... I don't know if this is going to be the end of Overwatch's life cycle until until Overwatch 2 comes out. I don't know if we're just not getting characters until Overwatch 2 is coming out. That's what seems kind of iffy to me, too. But as it stands right now, um, you know, the last few releases just haven't really been that, like, exciting as they had been before. 
You know, and I know that one of the things, too, that they were even talking about, like with the Halloween event, it was just Junkenstein again, and there was no changes to it, and nothing different happened. They warned people cosmetics weren't going to be that good because they were working on other projects right yeah. now. So, like, something you he know, did I say was that, I'm sorry, something he did say was that they're going to pretty much go dark after uh, BlizzCon, and uh, don't expect anything new coming forward uh, for, like, you know, Junkenstein's Revenge as the new one, the Christmas one is going to be exactly the same as it was before because they are working on overwatch 2 yeah and i mean like i i do get that um but it just almost makes it feel like i don't know overwatch is a little bit undone so to me you have this game that you've you know you've paid your 60 dollars for when it first came out or you know however much if you've got it through a sale you know whatever um and it's been going strong for three years like i think it's one like the game of the year for ongoing game for the past three years. I don't know if that's, um, I don't know if somebody else beat it out one of the years, but I feel like they've pretty much consistently held that title. Um, you know, so you have that going on where, okay, now we're being told that we're just going to kind of be in the dark and not to expect anything new or exciting for a while. Uh, you know, we've already been warned about that with the Halloween event and now with the events coming up later on in the year. You know, so you already kind of have that going on. Then you have all the controversy with Blizzard, which, you know, this articles, this podcast isn't really like hugely devoted to, but a lot of people have super strong opinions about what's going on with Blizzard, how they're handling certain things that are going on in the world right now. Um, so you have, you know, us waiting because Overwatch has been telling us that we're going to be going dark, you know, okay fine, whatever, you know, Overwatch 2 is coming out. Cool. Uh, but then you have all this controversy going on with Blizzard right now and things going on in the world that, uh, you know, everyone has their own opinions about. So that's why I kind of think that Sojourn and Overwatch 2 are kind of a victim to timing because it, when I first heard that they were announcing her finally it felt like an appeasement. It felt like, hey, you guys have been asking for a black woman in Overwatch since day one. Mm-hmm. And you've seen like little tiny snippets of her, usually just like a still image somewhere. She, I think it was either the mission in Havana or one of the story missions that they did introduce uh, where she actually talked to the characters. So like you've got her image down. You've got a voice for her. He, she's there. You know, she's in a interacting with the story in small little ways here and there, but she's never actually been brought to the game as a character. And, you know, that was just such a problem to me, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like why we keep seeing these glimpses, but then not actually getting her. But then meanwhile, like they've pretty much invented Sigma because they had a kit that they really liked and they wanted a character that fit him um, or fit the kit. Um, You know, you have this story about Ash coming out where they just had this idea and they were really passionate about it and they decided to go forward, but really not, you know, anything uh, that, oh my God, they've been in the story. They've been there since day one and now we're bringing them to the game. So Jordan's been there, but she still hadn't been playable. She still wasn't brought to the game. So, and you have on that one regard, the timing, why is it now? Why didn't we have her earlier? Why couldn't she have been, you know, hero, whatever? I don't remember what number we're at. Yeah, I don't either. uh, Like, why couldn't she have come out instead of 
anyone else in the roster. What they did also in the trailer uh, in the cinematic uh, Overwatch 2 called Zero Hour, the one that uh, announced Overwatch 2, they also showed off Echo, the robot thing. Yeah. um, Who was also not mentioned as an upcoming character as either. So it was really interesting to see Echo and Sojourn in this trailer. And know that we possibly won't be getting them until Overwatch 2 comes out. And something that Jeff Kaplan did say as well was that um, they're probably going to do something like what they did before in the beta, which was release a couple of heroes uh, all at once. And so um, for anyone who played the Overwatch beta, it was... Ryan, not Reinhardt, it was uh, Roadhog, Diva, and someone else that they uh, released all three of them at the same time during the beta. Um, mm-hmm. And they said that uh, that's probably something that they're going to be looking towards as well. So we'll probably get, you know, uh, uh, Sojourn and um, what is that robot's name? I just said it. Echo. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we might okay. get Sojourn and Echo and, you know, a couple of other characters all at once. But I think it's so weird to show them off for your Overwatch 2 trailer, knowing you have absolutely no idea when Overwatch 2 is coming. Um, yeah. And then tell us we're basically just going to be sitting in the dark until whenever. Yeah. And, you know, that's the other side of this whole timing thing that has made me not really pick a side of like, oh, this is just to make people happy because, hey, we're finally getting what we've been asking for since the very beginning. But I mean, I don't know how long the idea for Overwatch 2 has been in the works. I don't know how long they've been working on the cinematic. So it could have been way before the stuff with Blizzard going on. It could have been, you know, way before Ash was even conceived as a character, let alone Sigma or Hammond or anyone else, you know. So I don't exactly know when they started this work on Sojourn. I don't know why the decisions were made to hold her versus release her earlier. Um, You know, if she is trying or you know if they are going to have her be this integral part of overwatch 2 why couldn't she have been an integral part of overwatch 1 i think that also kind of you know goes to the whole overwatch 1 apparently isn't canon at all and overwatch 2 is going to be which i know we said we were going to talk about yeah Uh, (laughs) so i think there's way more question marks about why now uh than anything else um you know, I'm I'm glad that there's a promise that we're going to have Sojourn. I'm glad that there's a promise that we're going to have Echo, uh, you know. But again, it's a promise that we're going to have these two characters at some point in the future, maybe years from now, maybe months from now. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, literally no one so knows. That's why it's like I'm not as excited as I think I would be if they had announced, hey, by the way, Sojourn's coming out to Overwatch. She's going to be here in a month. We're releasing a video that shows her kit. We're releasing a cinematic that talks about her. You know, so instead of it being like a normal character release like we've had in the past with pretty much everyone who's either had like a comic based cinematic or comic book devoted to them or, you know, a huge cinematic uh, devoted to them where instead getting, you know, this, Hey, we have her and here she is. You can, you can kind of see her for five seconds and then you you get her sometime in the future. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Can I ask you one more thing about her before I move on? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, And this is obviously just subjective. Uh, Design-wise, what do you think? Because um, I was on Twitter earlier, um, and so some people were talking about her and, like, how convenient it was that she was, you know, announced at this moment. Um, And I saw a diagram of basically uh, black women in video games um, and how they're all 
bl- uh, white-haired and blue-eyed. Um, and I yeah. was like, hmm, interesting. And, and the post yeah. had, like, it was compared to a bunch of other um, uh, black female characters, like Storm, for example, and some anime characters. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, wh- what do you think? Um, just, like, a- aesthetically, like, how do you feel about it? Um, I mean, I think that she does look beautiful, you know, kind of just getting that out there. You know, I do like her design overall, but I mean, knowing that now, cause it wasn't something that really occurred to me, but as you kind of mentioned, it, I was like, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, uh, <laughs> I can kind of see the similarities. Um, Hmm. You know, I think um, being black myself, I can talk about this a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I will say, I think it's a little, I think it's very interesting uh, because I like her hair. You know, she has like, she has dreads. Um, I hope that, you know, she has more than that. I hope that the Overwatch team is working on more, uh, you know, black hairstyles for her. Because um, mm-hmm. so far, that's pretty much what they've given every black, black character is like Lucio. Um, I mean, if you count Lucio as black. I won't even go into that conversation, but <laughs> he has like these dread twists and Doomfist is bald. Baptiste also has these weird braid things sometimes. So, you know, I just, I, I, I appreciate that she has what she has. Um, I hope that we get a bunch of, you know, really cool looking hairstyles for her coming up, um, in the future. Um, but I just think it's really weird because when I think about and look at the other characters, they don't have the same uh, anomalies, uh, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, yeah, May and you know all the all the Asian characters look Asian. You know, all the white characters look white. None of them have like random ass blue hair. I mean, Moira is the exception. She just looks weird. There's also a hamster and a <laughs> monkey, but like everyone else, pretty much looks like where they're from. Um, nationality wise. Um, so I was just like, wow, that's so weird that the first black woman has blue eyes and she's from Canada. I don't know if black people in Canada have blue eyes, but like, I've never been. So maybe (laughs) I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know how genetics work. Um, but I just thought, wow, that's really interesting that, that her design was done specifically in that manner. And, and, um, they also talk about facial markings on, uh, black women in these games. And she also has like the facial markings and the blue eyes eyes and the white hair and I was like oh that's yeah interesting yeah um I so one of the things that I think that Overwatch could be doing um you know for every time that they decide to add a new character whether they're trying to build someone from the ground up or if they're plucking someone out of like the comic books to add into the story um I think that if they just talk to people if they have people that they consult with you know um I will fully admit, you know, I don't know that much about black hair, you know. So if I were to sit down and talk to someone and be like, hey, why don't you tell me about how you style it? Why don't you tell me about, you know, different hairstyles and, you know, just things like that. I don't see why there should continue to be an issue with someone as big as Overwatch, someone as big as Blizzard, you know, that why can't we just kind of have like these open conversations about, you know, the proper way to represent people about the proper way to like, Hey, okay. We noticed that a lot of people are pointing out that, why do you keep doing dreads for hair? Why don't we talk about doing something else? Why don't we sit down and talk to someone, you know, about what other hairstyles we could be doing or what other cosmetics we could be adding into the game? Uh, You know, so I think that 
overall, like, I, I think that if they just kind of approach character creation a little bit differently going forward, you know, maybe learning from some of the backlash that has happened over the last three years over, you know, some of the missteps that have happened, you know, even one of the things that happened with Sigma's release is that, um, you know, one of the designers talked about that the reason they decided not to have him wear shoes is to sell the asylum look. And I was like, have you not consulted with anyone who works in asylums? Have you not talked to anyone who's working in hospitals? And, you know, just to at least formulate a response. I mean, shit, tell me that you made him not wear shoes because it looked cool. I don't give a shit. Just, you know, like check with people, talk to people about representation, you know? So I think that hopefully this at least maybe opens up, especially with a whole new game. Maybe they can approach it like a clean slate and actually start these conversations. But I mean, just even from you pointing that out, I'm like, um, yeah, so maybe they're still not doing that at all. Uh, who knows? You know, uh, it's a whole new game going forward. Hopefully it's, you know, taking what they've kind of learned from the good and the bad, you know, because like I said, Overwatch has done a really good job, you know, especially when they first started. And there's been a lot of representation that if you would have told me, hey, there's going to be a shooter and, you know, just like you said with Tracer, like a lesbian's going to be the poster child for it. I would have been like, what? Mm hmm. What? (laughs) Exactly. That was also super slick that in the cinematic they posted uh, Tracer's girlfriend's photo next to her on the console when she's flying the plane. I noticed that Blizzard trying to please to to the LGBT fans. (laughs) Yeah, I just, you know, I think that all the way, you know, no company handles anything perfectly. I don't think, you know, I don't think that there's any one, especially game company that you could point to and be like, this is the perfect example. This is the perfect representation. Um, you know, but I think going forward, it has to change the formula a little bit. You guys have been doing this for three years and every time that there's a character released, I know that there's a fuck ton of criticism over little things, you know, like someone could be like, Oh man, I wish that they would change Zarya's nail color to match her cosmetic a little bit more. You know, like I get that some of it's like little bullshitty things here and there, you know, but (laughs) when it comes to the massive kind of outreach and, uh, you know, people crying out, especially about Sojourn and about having a black woman in here, you gotta start to listen. You can't just keep plowing ahead and paving it with good intentions, you know, if it doesn't land that way. And I think that's kind of been the last maybe year or so has been good intentions and still a very fun game to play, but not always hitting the right marks. Yeah. And even, you know, and I'm I'm not suggesting this, but even, you know, consultation from more than one person, because I, I'm I'm sure I know that Blizzard is a diverse company. I know that there are LGBT uh, people working there. I don't know how many are on the Overwatch team, but like me personally, I thought the whole Soldier Seventy Six is gay thing was really weird and done really badly. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was just so like out of left field. Um, so you know, I I think talking to more people um, is like exactly what you said. Basically, yes, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> 
So the next thing I want to talk about a little bit is uh, the story of Overwatch. Overwatch story and lore. Um, so based on what Jeff Kaplan said and the current understanding of Overwatch, um, Overwatch 1... Uh, the original Overwatch game is set in the past. We have the beginning cinematic uh, when you start the game, which is Winston being like, oh shit, the world's really bad. The world needs Overwatch. But, <laughs> like, oh no, bad things are happening. The world needs Overwatch. Oh man. Follow everyone. <laughs> Shit's going to hell. I don't know what to do. God, I guess I gotta call my Overwatch friends. But we also know that it's um, Overwatch was disbanded and it's illegal to call everyone from Overwatch back. Um, but as we also see at the end of that cinematic he presses the yes button and contacts everyone from the original overwatch team um because the omnics are going crazy and they're killing everybody and it's a bunch of issues um <laughs> like that is the beginning of overwatch one so everything that we play in overwatch means nothing because the story will continue in overwatch 2 so every cinematic that we saw in the original overwatch was all what was happening before overwatch 2 begins um and so the example that he used was the one of Reinhardt's cinematic, which I can't remember the name of. And let me say, I applaud um, the cinematics team over at Overwatch and Blizzard um, as as a whole, uh, despite, you know, yes, they have problems. But um, <laughs> they, I think, to me, are one of the companies that does it so right when it comes to cinematics. Yeah, they, like, absolutely. I have cried at these stupid ass shorts. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, like yeah. crying. And they like, make me when cry. are they just gonna be like Pixar and just make their own shit? Right? It's, uh, uh, but also boycott Blizzard. But also mm-hmm. don't, because, like, yeah. anyway, anyway. Um, oh my god. Okay. Anyway. Uh, so the example that Jeff used was the one with Reinhardt, and um, his was basically his he was looking at his past of when he was in Overwatch. He gets the call and he has to decide whether he's going to return to Overwatch or not. And then that's when we are introduced to Brigida, who is trying to convince him to not go back because of, you know, the, the entire situation that's illegal and it could be dangerous and he's getting old, etc. Um, that all happens before Overwatch 2. So when it comes to the Overwatch 2 zero hour cinematic, we see that, yes, uh, uh, Reinhardt has decided that he is going to return and he comes with Brigida. Um, and now we're caught up to the present. The weird thing about all of this, and I, I'm assuming all the talent stuff that was happening was happening at the same time. So while we're having issues with uh, the Omnics, there's also the talent group getting together with uh, Moira and Reaper and all of them with Sombra just getting back to, you know, forming a new group. Um, all of this is happening while um, the original Overwatch characters are answering Winston's call and we don't know whether they're coming back or not. Um, and then the Overwatch 2 cinematic happens, and then we see who does come back. Um, and this was so weird to me when May was first introduced to the team, because as far as we know as players, May is a part of the Overwatch hero team, based mm-hmm. on everything mm-hmm. that happens in Overwatch 1. We know that she has a connection with them because we have voice lines that happen when she's playing with certain characters. Um, yeah, like Tracer know. and uh, I think Diva. Yeah, uh, she talks about, about traveling and, you know, like, all this yeah. different stuff. 
Exactly. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, look, you get to travel everywhere, blah, 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 bullshit. Like, Mm -hmm. and I personally pay attention to those because it gives me insight into the characters, something that I personally want, which is why I'm excited for Overwatch 2, because I really love the character connections. Um, I love when a new character is introduced and we get to hear, like, their banter with um, other characters. Like, I live for those moments in the game, so I really pay attention to those. So to find out that May don't know none of these bitches, I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Um, What is going on? (laughs) Like, y'all have been playing together for three years. Like, what does this mean? Um, And I think that's probably why Overwatch 2 is important. And I think, I hope that um, the Overwatch team is able to differentiate and create a storyline going forward that makes sense. Because I know that some people have just been like, okay, well, everything that we've been playing was bullshit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I kind of, I... in defense of Overwatch, I kind of knew that because obviously um, Widowmaker is not going to be on the same team as uh, Tracer. Tracer. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, but hands down, they have a whole cinematic about why they hate each other. There's no, <laughs> exactly. Same thing with like Widowmaker and Anna. Like, there's no exactly. There's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, I get that. I understand that. Yeah, they're not really friends. They would kill each other before they work together. Um, but then it just to me makes it kind of this like problematic thing going forward because. Now, the only confirmed heroes that we have seen, and I, and obviously we know that everyone's gonna cross over, so we're gonna be able to play as everyone. But so far, the only confirmed heroes that we have seen on the Overwatch team are Genji, Mercy, Brigida, Reinhardt, Tracer, and, um, Echo, apparently, out of fucking nowhere, and, um, Winston. And the newest member is May. Um, they mention, you know, McCree, uh, who is also an original part of uh, Overwatch did not return in this cinematic. And uh, when he got the call to return, he says to Echo, he's like, yeah, they want me, but they need you. And so he sends her and he's not even here. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to find out what he's doing, what's happening with him. But I don't know if this is going to put the community in like a weird space where you kind of feel like you're going to either have to get Overwatch 2 to figure out what's happening, to understand what's going on, or if you're just going to just, I guess, just be like, fuck it, everybody play everybody and continue to play Overwatch 1. And also where the story is headed, because another thing um, is with these story missions, you can only play as certain characters, obviously, because like we said, Tracer and uh, uh, Widowmaker are not going to be on the same team in a story mission because that wouldn't make any sense. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how story missions work. Cause they did mention like in the first story mission, um, that they showed off, it was, I think it was Tracer, May, Reinhardt and Mercy. That were the character choices that you could choose from as a player. So you and three of three of your other friends have to be one of those people. It's kind of like the, the events that we have now, like Junkenstein's revenge, for example, like, yeah, we'll you only get like eight or something that you can choose from in Junkenstein's. I can't remember the number number specifically, but it's super limited. Yeah. That's essentially, that's the same way the story missions are going to be. And so they were talking about how, you know, they want to be able to make it where, you know, instead of being Mercy, maybe you want to be Lucio. Maybe you want to be another healer. And um, Lucio is apparently also going to be a new addition to uh, Overwatch because he's not on that original photo as well, as is D.Va. Like, a lot of them are not a part of Overwatch at Mm -hmm. all. Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know how this is going to, you know, work on the story mission. So far, it's just whoever's involved in that story, though they do want to add more. Um, So that does have me a little concerned about uh, Overwatch 2. But how do you feel? Because I know personally people that were just like, well, this is dumb. Like, I've been playing all of Overwatch 1 (laughs) thinking one thing, and then it turns out 
it was completely wrong. And I personally had no idea that that's how this worked. Like, I've seen all the cinematics, but I just thought that all of those cinematics were in the past. So to find out that, like, they were, like, as in, like, before Overwatch started, but to find out that they were, like, concurrent with Overwatch 1 and then Overwatch 2 is, like, this whole new thing, and that's obviously why we have the new designs for characters. Their hair is longer, they've got longer beards, they got ponytails now, because this is in the future, or rather <laughs> present. Where all anyone does is just grow, grow ponytails. hair. <laughs> yes. Um, so, how do you feel about the way that they're handling the story? Because I really had no idea this was going on. No, neither did I, and, you know, I'll I'll admit, like, I don't really keep up with the comics that much. Um, you know, the only one I've ever read was Anna's uh, when she first got announced. And then beyond that, I've never gone looking for a lot of the information. But I've sat there when, you know, the holiday events were going on and then people had, like, witty lines for each other. You know, when you're getting ready before the match actually starts and, you know, two of the characters, no matter who they are, they speak up and start talking to each other. I felt like... Overwatch was, I don't know, like this already confirmed, like this is factual thing. And now you're telling me that it wasn't. And it's like, I get that in some regards because, you know, like you said, uh, would a micro tracer, you know, there's all these different combinations of people who absolutely wouldn't work together. Um, you know, the talent people would not be working together with the Overwatch people. Um, you know, but even then, I mean, I feel like people have kind of been asking that since day one when Overwatch came out. Like, we're seeing all these cinematics that pit certain characters against other characters, but then we're still on a 6v6 team, and we can be any one of those characters. Uh, so I think that you've just now, you've now given your audience three plus years, you know, from when Overwatch was first announced all through the beta to when it actually released to now of there really being no borders. Um, you know, yeah, we've had the cinematics that show who likes who, who doesn't like who, you know, who are just absolute rivals. Um, so I think that you've kind of had a community that was just ready to accept that, you know, I mean, it's a first person shooter and they're not just going to load you in and be like, okay, it's Talon versus Overwatch characters. Um, you know, because I think one, the r- roster would be kind of lopsided. There's not as many Talon characters as Overwatch characters, but on top of it, you know, you, you've just gotten kind of used to this idea of, it's not us versus them. It's that there's these different objectives and we're all working together for it. I mean, that's almost kind of what I thought that we were supposed to get out of it, you know, without going and looking at the comics, without being told, you know, by the developing team, you know, through story missions, through campaigns. Um, you know, I knew that there was a divide there. I knew that there are certain uh, organizations within this game and within this franchise that, don't get along and actively work against each other. But I almost felt like Overwatch, the point of it was that all the characters were supposed to come together. Like there was something so much bigger than everyone else here that everyone had to band together because they were the best people to do this. And that's kind of the understanding I walked away with. So now going into Overwatch 2, being told that, hey, Overwatch 1 is just bullshit. Don't pay attention to it. Just focus on what we're doing now. Um, it kind of sucks. Uh, it doesn't play, it, it doesn't ruin like the 
mechanic gameplay for me, but it just feels like such a, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like we were in a snow globe. We thought we knew what, how everything was. And then all of a sudden Blizzard's like, fuck that. And they shook it up. And now we're like, yeah. ah, where's everything falling? I don't know. I don't know who my friends are. I don't know who's Overwatch. You know, just like you were saying, when I watched May Cinematic, I got that the news of Overwatch disbanding was a surprise to her because she had been out of it for so long because of that cryogenic sleep that yeah. she had to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I got that that was a surprise to her. Never got that she didn't know anyone in Overwatch. I thought she was a part of it. That blows my mind and not really in a good way where it's like, oh, look at this plot twist. I'm like, dude, what the? I thought May was best friends with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% thought that they all, you know, had the love for May that I have only to mm-hmm. be told that they don't even know this bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. What? One of the things that I was talking about, too, uh, with a friend who, you know, plays it as much as I do and everything like that. And one of the conversations that we had is that we've seen these missions for Anna, right? We've seen her when she was younger working for Overwatch. Um, and I guess now it does kind of make sense where obviously there's no canon in the first game because of this example. But, you know, t- however many days ago before they announced Overwatch 2, I thought that this was canon. So again, my brain is fried and I don't even understand why. But, um, you know, they were showing all this footage of Anna working as part of Overwatch when she was younger. You know, she was doing it as a defender. She was, you know, really just trying to be the best soldier that she could be. But we kept seeing mentions of, like, Mercy all throughout. And so how the fuck is Mercy, like, still 30 years old with an honest, like, 60? And they work together. You know, so I'm like, how are they going to go back and rectify so much of this that I think Overwatch 1 lets you forget and not care about as much because you already are breaking the canon of Reapers working with McCree and, you know, all these people that he's had this falling out with that we've seen time and time again in cinematics, you know, because he's gone over to Talon instead, you know, you've forgiven that stuff, but now you're going into what's supposed to be can a lot. I don't know how to say it correctly because I'm really bad at words, <laughs> but you know, you're going into this game that you're being told, okay, this is going to be the fact going forward. This is going to be the canon. This is going to be what you should be paying attention to, you know? So now you're telling me that all these characters I thought were best friends and got along and everything like that aren't, uh, because, you know, like you said, in the prime example, May is brand new to all of this. And you the know, crazy thing is she was one of the original Overwatch characters. It's not like she was a DLC added character later. Like she was in yeah. the original roster from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I think that my understanding of Overwatch, you know, was that something major happened. Everyone needed to be called in, including the bad guys, and we were all working together. I don't necessarily care that that's shattered, but I think that everything else kind of is. Like, I don't know how well Tracer knows everyone now. I know that she's best friends with Winston because we've seen, like, three or four trailers for Overwatch and in cinematics where they're talking together. You know, so it's like, okay, I get that they know each other well. But, I mean, even just, like, where's Anna going to be in this? You know, 
maybe she's not in Overwatch 2 at all just in terms of like story or she didn't agree to come back or maybe she's too old now I don't know because my point of reference was this whole Mercy <laughs> thing so I don't know if she's going to be too a soldier going to be too old now to be a part of Overwatch and not going to be heavily featured in Overwatch 2 fine you know whatever <laughs> but I mean he's one of the first people you start with if you go through the training tutorial you know he was one of the first people they got you all to play so that way you got the mechanics and you understood the abilities and now we're just being told the fuck it he's way too old for this shit now because time's passed and reinhardt has a beard so that's how you know and like i it's not that i necessarily look at it and think like it's dumb to have a game because like i said i think the logistics of it are going to be so interesting going forward because we've not seen games do this you know i'm used to like the halo universe where you get a game and then you get a sequel and then you get another sequel. And then, you know, we had the Halo Reach, Halo ODST where they kind of branched out and explored other portions of the story. And then you came back in with Halo 4 and, you know, you kept going forward. So, you know, it was very much a game that picked itself up, put itself back down, picked itself up and made new, put itself back down, made a new one, you know. So instead of doing that, they're saying, no, you can have both without just tossing your old copy or being done with it and jumping onto the new matchmaking without, you know, oh, you have to play this next one in order to understand the story, you know? And I mean, yeah, I guess in the sense they're doing that, but it's not that you have to toss your first Overwatch out and just get Overwatch 2 and that's all you're going to be playing on. So I think the logistics of it are really cool and I can't wait to see how matchmaking is going to work in comparison to that. Um, you know, but I mean, when it comes to the story, I'm just like, uh, so this game that I've been spending three plus years on getting to know everyone and thinking I understood everyone is now completely thrown away because, again, the most earth shattering thing is that May doesn't know anyone and she's been talking to these people for years and we just have to forget all that shit. Like, what does that mean for Genji and Mercy? Because I feel like a lot of people drew connections between their voice lines for them to be in a relationship. Is that happening? Is that not happening? You know, so I'm like, I just like, I have no idea. Uh, and I think to just when it comes to that, I realize that Overwatch 2 is going to be more story based. But does that mean, like, if you're a Widowmaker main or, you know, whatever character that you have chosen, that that's your favorite character that you like to play, what does that mean in Overwatch 2? If I get that everyone's going to carry over and that there's probably going to be story missions that at least have one appearance for each character, but, you know, what does that do if, like, oh, cool, I've just devoted three years to being one of the best diva players I've ever been. And then you come to find out that, Hey, she's only in one of these upcoming hero missions planned out for a year, you know? So then instead of just jumping into quick play or competitive and being able to grab your favorites, you know, I know that I personally like to play as many different people as I possibly can. You know, I've got a couple of DPS early, like I really love playing support. And so I've played most of the supports a lot. You know, but Mercy's my main squeeze. Yes. You know, like she constantly yes. go back to Mercy because I fucking love her. I started playing her day one. You know, same thing with Symmetra. She was my DPS. Well, not DPS back in the day because she used to be a support, uh, which is another <laughs> fucking thing. But like, what's even canon with all these different kit changes and everything? But <laughs> you know, so. Between Mercy and Symmetra, they were my two favorite characters that I loved to play. You know, just absolutely 
hands down. If they were available, I would usually pick them up. Um, you know, and so now I might go into a game. I mean, Symmetra is an important watch. I know that her and Lucio don't get along and they're constantly, you know, talking not like shit about each other, but you know, yeah, that they have, have different a very ideals. different Yeah, they have a very different set of ideals and um what where does that make her stand in Overwatch too? I know that we're a, I mean, we might not be a ways out. I have no idea because there's no Project. Nobody knows. <laughs> Not even like 2020. We just it could be 2025. Good luck, everyone. But <laughs> you know, it's just. I think that it's it is nice that there is going to be an Overwatch because I think the example that you used kind of put it best that for the people who wish that there were more story to Overwatch that we did have more lore that we were getting character missions that we were understanding uh, the relationships between these different characters they're going to get this and that's awesome and then if you have the people who just don't really give a shit and they just want to pick up their favorite character and shoot other people with them cool keep one you know that's totally awesome you know so i think in that sense it's probably good that they're separate but at the same time i feel like it's gonna be really kind of mind fucky to go from playing overwatch one to overwatch two and feel like you've known the story because you've been playing this game for three years and then something pops out of the woodwork and you're like oh shit hammond is used to be I don't know, Tracer's pet hamster. And then oh my God. Him into this <laughs> weird thing that like pilots hamster balls around. Like, you know, I mean, I think it, it kind of gives them an opportunity to sure. I'm hoping that since it's what's supposed to be canon and what we're supposed to be following, it's going to follow the comic books It's going to follow all the lore that's been released up till then. But up till then, I thought May knew everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Already, it's kind of breaking certain mechanics that you thought were there that either people just read too much into and nobody at Overwatch stopped them from doing that. Nobody released a statement being like, hey, yo, you realize May's not Overwatch, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, nobody stopped anyone from saying that. Nobody stopped anyone from saying Diva was already Overwatch, but now we're finding out she's a new member. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's just... I think it's... Um, <laughs> I I So I will say that uh, ba- playing Overwatch 1, I kind of figured that, you know, everything that was happening, like, I figured it was just us escorting this, uh, you know, what what map is that where we have to escort the dude in the in the car? Um, oh, um... The escort map. Hollywood? Whatever. Yes, Hollywood, thank you. And the dude's like, hurry up, blah, blah, blah. I kind of figured it was just like, all right, well, these are just hired heroes who probably, you know, hate each other, um, but they got to make money while they're not doing shit, I guess. Like, I don't know. I just kind of figured that was just like the whatever type thing. Like, we're all just here together doing shit real quick as a quick hired mission. And But we, but we have this history with one another, which is why we can have these conversations with one another. Like, mm-hmm. we know that Tracer and Widowmaker have this history with each other. So, yeah, they both do have to do this mission, but that's why they get to have this back-and-forth banter, because, like, they hate each other based on the past. And, of course, that doesn't change. Like, they do still—the cinematics are still canon, so, like, they do still hate each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. But then mm-hmm. it's just, like—like, you, you brought up Symmetra. Where does she—where do half of these characters come into this story now? 
Like, because yeah. now we're getting Echo and Sojourn, who were original Overwatch, who now I feel like we should have had in the very beginning, since they were original Overwatch. Like, yeah. And, and like, where does that put... Ha- Literally, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, eight, like, maybe nine to ten of the characters that we know of that are a part of original Overwatch. And that might be overstating. I might be uh, counting too many people. I am. Well, like, again, like 10. you said, if May was never part of Overwatch, I mean, there's some characters I thought for sure were, and we might find out are not at all. Exactly. You know, so. And I just think it's so weird to have uh, players in, in our situation um, where, like, you know, we kind of not uh, 100% follow the story, but I can, based on what they say to one another and based on the cinematics, which I've seen all of, to have me, like you said, believe one thing only to find out um, something completely different, uh, it's really jarring. Um, I think that yeah. was probably, I, I, I think... Uh, I think if you want to do Overwatch 2 to give people the story missions, to give us the story we've been asking for, but then we're coming from one understanding to be told something completely different, bruh. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. Um, See, now I feel like I have to play Overwatch 2. Um, And... But then also, what if, like you said, like I like Diva and Diva isn't in these story missions that I want to play because she's not a part of, you know, original Overwatch. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to go through it and like, you know, Junkrat, obviously Junkrat is in and, and, and uh, Roadhog are not going to be on the same team as who are like those two just came out of nowhere. They're not going to be. On the yeah, same yeah, team yeah. Like, like where do they even fall? It's not like, oh, yeah, they're talent now. Like they they're not even as, in. Like, yeah, they're just like, they're two dudes just chilling. <laughs> just showed up one day. It was like, oh shit, you need help moving this payload? Okay, yeah. fine. But then they already have these relationships with everyone else. And I think that's my biggest problem yeah. is that mm-hmm. now Overwatch 2 has to, moving forward, it has to make those connections make sense. Um, because if Overwatch 1 is all in the past and we're seeing, you know, what led up to Overwatch 2 in these cinematics, uh, going forward, like, May should already know everyone. Um, yeah. Unless, unless the zero hour sh- movie or cinematic was just like also, no, that didn't even make sense. Never mind. That, what I was about to say didn't even make sense. So never mind. Anyway, um, so last thing I'll ask you: overall thoughts of Overwatch, Overwatch Two, the state the game is in, like what, just uh, in general, how you feeling? Um, I'm feeling very meh. Uh. You know, I I am cautiously, again, kind of looking forward to it. I think it's going to be interesting. I kind of applaud them for attempting to do this whole, you have two games working side by side congruently. You know, I know that I've had multiple consoles. I've had games that I've liked to play on multiple consoles. I've had so many things that I've collected over the years. You know, one of the games that I love so much, Dead by Daylight, I haven't bought it on the Switch because I don't think there's cross-progression and I haven't heard any plans for it to take place. So I haven't purchased it because I put so many fucking hours into it on PlayStation. You know, so it's like, I think it's going to be really cool that you eliminate that problem. 
you know, whether, and I think it's cool too, because it's almost like rewarding people from playing from the beginning without shoeholing you into buying Overwatch 2 by making them work side by side. So I do congratulate them on that and the logistics of it. And, you know, I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm excited to see how it's going to work. So I'm excited for that. Um, but the reason Can I'm I very really quick interrupt yeah, you. I'm ahead. sorry. I agree with what you just said. I think the same thing. I think it's super cool that they're doing that. But then when you said that, it just made me think, well, now I kind of just wish it was an update, though, because I don't want to pay, right. you know, however much I'm going to... Like, I $60? don't want to pay $60 Maybe? to have more... Yeah, to have more more modes, like more PvP modes. Especially if I'm getting the same... Like, if I'm getting all the heroes and I'm getting on the maps, I don't know that I want to play, you know, story missions and hero missions and level up characters just to get story when I can just play all this stuff with you for free. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. See, I, I was just, so excited before. I'm sorry. But listening to you, I'm just like, well, why do I have to buy this? But continue. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, I feel like it's going to be really cool that they're congruent. You know, I feel like that is kind of a smart move. You have such a huge player base that already plays Overwatch. So keeping that base and then maybe tacking on new people who just didn't jump in because there was no story, you know, jumping in because they don't want to play online multiplayer because online multiplayer sucks. You know, everyone's <laughs> yeah, each other and I don't understand why, uh, <laughs> you know, so I think that that's great for them. I think it's great for the community. Um, they really do lose me on, hey, completely chuck out this three years of story you thought you knew because we're doing something, you know, going from this point that no one would have expected. I, if you would have sat me down and told me if like I would have sat down with the heads of, you know, Overwatch, the creative directors behind it. And they were like, hey, so listen. You know that cinematic at the very beginning you always skip because it happens every single time. <laughs> Winston telling you that he's calling everyone back to Overwatch. That's the story and nothing else in this game should be regarded as story. I'd be like, wait, what? Then, like, why do they talk to each other? Like, why is there voice lines? Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> this game did what I think Final Fantasy 15 did, which I think a lot of people had a problem with, which was, if you want to know the story of it, you have to go outside of the game. Like, yeah, Final Fantasy 15 had the movie, and then it had the anime, and then it had the book, and, like, you gotta watch all of that before you even play the game. Uh, turns out Overwatch was doing the same thing. You have the beginning cinematic, and then if you want to know anything, you have to watch the cinematics um, that happen, which are all apparently leading up to Overwatch 2, which means that everything that happens in-game, all the conversations don't matter and um a lot of people gave final fantasy 15 flack for that and i completely understand why being in this position with overwatch 2 well and the thing that i almost applaud square for doing instead is that at least they were kind of upfront with it you know i i didn't play final fantasy 15 so you know i don't know just in terms of like i didn't go through the story and find that there were plot holes or anything like that but as someone who doesn't play Final Fantasy games at all, I knew it had a companion movie. I knew. I'm not a fan of the franchise. I haven't really played that much Final Fantasy. And I already knew that there were there was additional content that if I wanted to understand everything, I had to go and get. I didn't realize I had to be doing that with Overwatch because I thought with the cinematics, you know, that I did go and watch because I thought they were beautiful. And like you said, a lot of them made me emotional and cry. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, so I did actively seek out the cinematics. I didn't actively seek out the comics because I felt like I was kind of getting the gist. I was kind of getting filled in because every time there was an update, every time there was new voice lines, anytime there was a new character, all of these additional characters that have been there from the beginning and added since then have interacted with one another. So I felt like I knew, you know, and now you're telling me that none of that's accurate. You know, again, I'm sitting here with just basic things that I feel like I understood from the very beginning, like Anna's age versus Mercy's age, like May knowing people, like, you know, thinking May was a part of Overwatch for thinking that Diva was already a part of Overwatch, you know, to see all of that kind of go on and then just be told it's not, don't listen to that. It's almost kind of like... Uh, I'm not huge into anime or anything like that, but one thing I used to watch was Inuyasha. And I would watch that be like, wow, the anime is not that great. But then I would watch the movies and be like, fuck, this is awesome. But the <laughs> movies like really broke the canon. And so you kind of went in knowing like, hey, what you're seeing in the movies isn't necessarily what's happening or anything like that. You know, I didn't know that going into Overwatch. So now I feel like I'm in this, like, like I said, kind of this snow globe where you're watching everything fall around in places you didn't think it was going to, you know, after being shook up by Blizzard being like, hey, by the way, everything you know is a lie. <laughs> like, uh, So that's, you know, I realize that's a really long-winded way to say that my final thoughts on it being story-based versus Overwatch 1 being um, multiplayer-based. I'm very kind of confused about and I don't really understand why you know I do think that it's good in the example that you gave where there's going to be some people who are really only into Overwatch who really only want the story who only really care about you know either playing alone or playing with a couple friends but not versus people you know but then for me like I like the FPS nature of Overwatch I do like playing online you know I probably don't get in a voice chat because fuck being a voice chat as a woman, you know, like at a shooter game of all places. But, like, you know, I still really enjoy it. I really like the modes that have already existed. You know, nothing against the new PvP mode, you know, that's going to be added or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm excited that there's going to be new maps. I'm excited there's going to be new characters. Um, but I just... getting them for free. Yeah. As far as you know. You know, so I'm like, I'm not playing Overwatch 2. I don't <laughs> Um, you know, but I, I think it almost does kind of eliminate if you're not getting Overwatch 2 for the story, then there is no purpose really to get it, you know, which I mean is kind of bold on their side of things because then maybe it's not a cash grab and it really is just the creative team wanting everyone to understand the story. But I think that doing it now as opposed to having the story first and then introducing this mode where everyone just fights together because fuck it, why not? You know, it, it's almost more confusing by having, you know, like you said, maybe everyone's hired hands and, you know, they hate each other, but they've all signed on to do this job because they believe in whatever it's going to accomplish. You know, now you're telling me, no, this didn't happen at all. And they actually, <laughs> that could 100% be the case. So far, all we do know is that uh, the beginning cinematic happened and all the cinematics that we've seen have happened. Mm-hmm. Just in-game. Yeah, the cinematics, just the in-game interactions. And it could very much be, and you know, <laughs> it could very much just be that May has worked with these characters 
with their in-game interactions as hired hands, and that's how she knows them. Or it could be that she knew the Overwatch team because they were Overwatch, and this is her first time being introduced to them, but that still wouldn't, you know, describe how, you know, they have conversations, how she has conversations with, like, Mercy or D.Va if, you know, the new cinematic that was released for Overwatch 2 just has her being introduced to them. So, I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah, so I'll just... I know that again, a really long winded way of saying what my final thoughts are. I'm, I'm really excited about the concept of having these two congruent games and not having to just toss out my old one to get to the new one. Um, I really do like that all the new heroes that are going to be coming out are going to be coming out to both. Um, now that you kind of cleared up my understanding of this leveling up abilities and everything, uh, I'm glad that that's only for story missions because I think it would be chaotic to try and go back and introduce it. Um, especially in a competitive sense, because then you don't really know what you're dealing with. I know that you could like learn as you went, but you can have one competitive game going up against a Reinhardt that has the cone effect. And then one Reinhardt game where he has a 360 effect. You don't know until that shit happens to you. And then that could have lost the point. So, I think it's a really good thing that they're not introducing that across both platforms, that it's just going to be for PVE, Um, you know, but I, I don't know. I still think that it could have just been a massive update because I still look at the example of something like Jumpenstein, like the mission in Havana, all the archive stuff, all the talent stuff. There were only certain characters you could pick. You did that mission to get a little bit of story, which who knows now is probably bullshit. Uh, but I've seen the PVE and I'm not saying that Overwatch 2's isn't going to be completely overhauled and amazing, but the PVE that they have introduced us to so far wouldn't make me buy a second game. And that's really the impression I'm left with, especially now that we're being told that, Hey, we're going to be left in the dark and while they work on Overwatch 2 and there's not going to be a lot of new stuff coming out and there's not going to be new events and stuff coming out, then that's all I have to work with. So if you're telling me, Hey, Overwatch 2, PvE only, and I'm sitting down, especially for people like on the Switch, and if this is their first time playing Overwatch and you're getting the kind of same old age shit that we've had for three years, you know, you're playing the Archives uh, events again, you're playing Junkenstein again. Well, this will be their first time. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm just saying, like, you're you're getting what essentially is an example of what PvE is going to be, and it gets repetitive. You know, one of the things I was talking about is just with Junkenstein, you know where everyone's going to spawn exactly when they spawn. The only time it's random is when you play Endless. And even then, it's still the same leading up to these bonus rounds that you go through. So if you're telling me that Overwatch 2 is going to be a story missions and then these PvE events, and I've already seen what the PvE events are like in Overwatch 1, I don't know that I necessarily want to buy 2. I'm very happy for the new update. I'm very happy for the new characters. Uh, you know, that all my characters are going to get to use their old cosmetics as well as hopefully new ones. But, um, you know, beyond that, I mean, I... I don't really think I want to get Overwatch 2, at least until I know more information. So that is finally my final thoughts. I'll say, and I'm going to try to wrap mine up really quick. Um, I will say that I do think, I, I think I understand the purpose of needing Overwatch 2 as more than just an update. Because I do think that the team has done more and more for each PvE um, situation. Like the, the latest ones that they added, um, the one with... Um, 
not the ones not not like Junkenstein's Revenge where you just stand there and enemies spawn, but the one um, with I don't remember what it's called the 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 last two that they added the ones with uh, Talon and then the ones with the heroes those have been updated much more than the Junkenstein's Revenge one, so like mm-hmm. um, that the 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 Talon one for example where you're playing as you know Sombra and uh, Moira and Reaper and whoever else uh, you guys actually are moving through you know brand new environments that became maps. I think those evolutions have been a work towards what story and hero missions will be for Overwatch 2. And if that's the case, then I do look forward to... Because I I actually really enjoy the PvE moments. Um, I completely agree with you, though. They do get repetitive if you've been playing like the same PvE mode for years. Um, but um, I think the only reason they still work is because <laughs> they're so spread out that we only get to do it, you know, once a year. Uh, and Science yeah. Revenge comes, you know, maybe we get four or five times, four or five times a year. Do we actually get PvE events? Um, and I think that's why they still work, just because they're so spread out and there's only so so many occasions where you can uh, jump in with your friends and not have to kill other people, but just like mindlessly kill AI. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so if those last two events are, um, the, and the other one where it has like them in the past with Mercy and uh, uh, Soldier 76, and they're doing like an actual pre-fight Overwatch mission, like the, that one also has, you know, you traveling around and like fighting AI and stuff. If, those are what they've been working towards for story missions for Overwatch 2, and Overwatch 2 is going to take those and make them better. I am excited for that. If it's just going to be mm-hmm. another stationary, kill as many as you can while they spawn story missions, not excited for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jeff has said that um, those hero missions are going to have high replayable co-op um experiences that you want to do again and again for whatever reason. So if that's true, I'm looking forward to that. And if they needed a new engine to do that or an updated engine to do that, um, and this was a better way to tell their stories uh, and it was going to be too much for an update, or if they decided because they don't um, want people to uh, be concerned with the two different things. Cause like, I mean, we were, we talked about story for a while, but it'll be damn confusing if they just added all of this into the original overwatch right now. Um, like, I don't even know, like it just wouldn't make any sense. So I kind of understand why they would need an overwatch too, especially for introducing a new mode. Um, and like bigger maps, uh, supposedly, if I remember correctly, he said that the Toronto map and the other, the, the Toronto map is bigger than, every map shown so far on Overwatch. And I was like, well, that's a lot because Paris is huge. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like Paris is a big ass map. Um, So I am tentatively looking forward to it. I don't think it's going to be a day one purchase for me after talking to you. Um, I need to see how the story missions and hero missions are going to go. I I personally think that the level, the leveling up your heroes and the customizing your abilities is super cool. Um, Just because I saw them in action. Because at first I was like, who cares? But then, you know, to see Mei turn into an ice block and bull down a bunch of um, AI enemies was just hilarious. Um, To see Hanzo's arrow literally just go back and forth and shoot everyone down to death. Um, and, and, And no that that's how it's going to work when I play with my friends also seems pretty cool um, and then just to you know talk about uh, different cus- uh, ability customizations that I have versus your you you have like my mercy might be different from your mercy and then we can go in together and play um, with one another and uh, kill 
kill computer characters and chill out and have a good Overwatch time. And then you'll still be able to practice with your characters. Uh, you just won't be able to obviously take those abilities. But then, you know, let's say we want to do some competitive as long as we can switch back into that regular mode, you know, I've gotten, at this point, like, after I do that, I've gotten way more practice with the character that I like to use. I can go in, kick some ass, uh, and, you know, play competitive afterwards, and then be paired with uh, my friends who don't have Overwatch 2. So I think it's going to be really interesting, but I also believe that we need much more information um, yeah. before making a decision. Um, and I need to see if I even still care about Overwatch by the time this comes out. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's the other risky thing I think that they're doing by taking this, you know, dark period break, you know, is are people going to stick around and be as excited for Overwatch 2 if they've been playing the same version of Overwatch 1 without updates, without new characters, without new maps for however long, you know, into the foreseeable future, and I think they might have been um, forced to uh, announce Overwatch 2 now just because of the leaks. I pretty I, like I really think that that's what this was yeah. for because I am um, I am almost 100 percent sure they were not ready for this because um, uh, Blizzard as a company is notorious for taking their time for finishing games. They don't give a shit when you want it. They give it to you when they're ready. Um, so it just seemed like a really early announcement to have absolutely no information on. So um I do think they I think they might have messed up by announcing it a bit too early. And now I think they're under a, a little bit of a crunch, which uh, with Blizzard is not saying much because they don't really care. <laughs> it's like they will literally take mm-hmm. forever until their stuff is done. Um, I do think it was announced too early and I'm just waiting to see where it goes next. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you so much mm-hmm. for talking to me about Overwatch. <laughs> Of course. And Overwatch 2 and, you know, diversity within it and the game and story and everything that's going to happen. Um, it was a wonderful conversation. Of course, it was. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.